Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. I want to welcome you to this incredible series called Bulletproof, Armed for the Crosshairs of Life. And the reason I'm teaching this is to help everybody that's in this place understand how to put God's seven pieces of bulletproof armor on. They're found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. And many of you are wearing your armor, so I'm just helping you learn how to use it more efficiently and effectively. But for some, I'm helping you put it on for the first time. And I have the privilege today of finishing this series up. So I'm really excited about this lesson. We're going to have a blast. And I want to begin by sharing a story with you. Um, This happened when I was a young Christian. It would have been the early 80s. And I read a book. The name of the book was Christ the Healer. And it was by a gentleman. His name was F.F. Bosworth. Uh, He's now in heaven. But the book is still available. It's an incredible book. And in the book, Christ the Healer, he proves, I mean, he does such an incredible job. It's a very scholarly book. He does an incredible job proving that God heals today and that healing was in the atonement. In case you don't know what that phrase means, healing was in the atonement, it simply means Jesus paid for it through his death, burial, and resurrection. It's something that he paid for like he paid for sin. I read this book, and let me tell you, man, I was so excited. I was like, yeah, and it made so much sense, and and a couple days after I read it, I was hit with one of those, remember the Asian flus of the 80s, and one of those flus hit me. And it hit me so bad, I was under the covers, and my whole body was sore, and I'm sick as can be, and I'm laying in bed thinking, God, you said you healed me, and I don't feel all that healed. And then you begin to become a little disillusioned, and sometimes you go through the anger stage, and like, God, how could you do this? Don't shoot me with lightning, but how could you do this to me? And, and uh, you just go through different stages, and you just begin to say, maybe this isn't true, maybe what I read isn't right. And I had no idea what to do. I had something else very similar happen to me. I was studying the scriptures in my early Christianity, right around that time. And in the scriptures I read that if I accepted Christ, I was dead to sin. That sin no longer had any power over me. And that I could walk free from sin. And I'm like excited, like, whoa, that's so awesome. And then, and I shared a different story earlier in this series, then temptation would come. (laughs) And I'd give in to it and I'd sin. And then i begin to become disillusioned. God, you said this in your word. This is what the Bible says. Why am I not healed? Why am I still struggling with sin? And I bet you every person in this room at one time or another in your Christianity, you have had to deal with similar thoughts. We all have to deal with the thoughts. And this is the problem I want to help solve today. And what I want you to walk out of here understanding today is the simple truth. Battles are won when the Bible in you comes out of you. And I didn't know that as a young Christian. And I was just mad at God because I had the Bible in me. I understood what it said, but I didn't know I had to release it out of my mouth to win and to overcome. I had no clue that I had to fight, that I had to come out swinging. I didn't know that. And I was really, really frustrated. And something else I had to learn was, even when I learned that I had to come out swinging, it would take a a while and some time to build the muscles big enough to overcome every time. And so that's a whole nother story where I became discouraged when I knew what to do and swung, and I didn't win that particular battle. But in God, everything's growth. Everything's growing. Everything's becoming stronger as we go. And so that set my 
my whole life free when I began to understand it. And the Bible can come out of your mouth three ways. There's three ways we can release it. And so we'll talk about those three ways today. The first way is as prayer. The second way is as a sword. The third way, and they're not in any particular order, is a shield. And that's what we're going to deal with today. These three pieces of armor, we're going to deal with the shield, the lance of prayer, and we're going to deal with the sword that God's given us to release out of our mouth. The reason I'm dealing with all three of these at the same time, they're all based on this substance called faith. I know the shield is called faith, but all of them work by faith, and all of them have to be released out of our mouths. So they all work the same way. There's just some minor adjustments on how you say or release them. So we'll, we'll show that to you today. Now, you're going to see me throw a lot of information at you today, and I want to remind you that Everything on PowerPoint will be on the website, so you can re-listen to this, or you can go just check out the PowerPoint. If you have the BC uh, iPhone or iPad app, all of the PowerPoints on that, you can also re-listen to this for free on our website or on that app, and you can also uh, get our MP3 and download it. So you can re-listen to this. This is a message that's changed my life, understanding it, and my goal is to help change your life. For those of you that understand it, I just want to encourage you to go to the next level with it uh, as, as I continue to strive to do myself. So let's read our text. Here's Ephesians chapter 6, verses 16 and 17 to begin. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, which we've already dealt with, but I underlined the word take because you also have to take the next one, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So there's two of the pieces we're going to talk about. And I think it's fascinating. He says, take up the shield of faith wherewith you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Shields are fascinating. We'll take some time. We'll talk about shields today. The idea of a shield is that it hits the shield and not you. That's pretty cool. And our shield is made of a substance called faith. So when you really release your shield properly, you may never know something was going to hit you because it won't have a chance to hit you because your shield will knock it down. But then it says take, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And some of you know this. Some of you are newer. You don't. But the word word is translated from the Greek word rhema, which means spoken word. So the sword is the Word of God in us being spoken out of us. But so is the shield. It's just how you speak it. It has to be released from your mouth. And then listen to verse 18. It reads like this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now, verse 18 could be a new series that I could teach in the future. There's a lot in there. Praying in the Spirit means to pray in other tongues. In chapter 2, lesson 5, I talked about that if you want to check it out. We're not going to deal with that today. Uh, we're going to deal with one of the kinds of prayer. Notice how he says with all kinds of prayers. We're going to just deal with one kind of prayer. And here's the kind of prayer we're going to deal with. You praying and asking God to help you. <laughs> but did you notice how prayer also helps other people? And we can pray for people anywhere in the world. So that's part of the lance of prayer. But we're going to deal with just one specific part today. So here's what I've done in each lesson. I've compared our spiritual armor to the natural armor of the Roman soldier. And we'll do that today with all three pieces. And we'll just give you some parallels that are pretty cool and help you have an image of what the armor looked like so you can understand how our armor is going to work. So let's talk about the shield first. You can see what it looked like in the picture. Uh, they had two shields. 
The first shield was what I call the Roman mill bread shield. You know, remember Roman mill bread? They had that little Roman soldier with the shield. Uh, it was small and round. It was mainly for marching in parades. They did use it sometimes in hand-to-hand -hand combat. But it's not the shield the Bible is talking about. The shield the Bible is talking about is a large door-shaped shield, and it was big enough to hide behind. And that's the whole idea. Now, for everything we're dealing with today, if you guys want just an incredible video image, the first scene in the movie Gladiator, the Roman army's fighting, uh, uh, you, you know, another army, and that first scene, you'll see them hide behind their shields. You'll it just give you an image of how shields work. You'll see them in sword-to-sword -sword combat. You'll see lances. You'll see the whole deal. And that's one of my top five movies of all time that I would recommend. Now, I've only watched the movie once, and then I've watched the fight scenes about a thousand times. So uh, that's what a guy does typically. Uh, the movie's great. Ladies, it has a lot of story to it. One time with the story was fine with me. Then I just watch all the fight scenes. Okay. The shield, like other pieces of armor, are on ornamental. And, uh, you know, these are Italians. Italians like their bling. Look at their cars. So, you know, they always did some kind of design. And then the shield hung on the upper loin belt, which just lets us know that if we put on our spiritual belt, then our shield's already there. It's just something we have to release. And then it was made of multiple layers of thick animal hide that were woven together. And I think this is fascinating because this was really the first type of bulletproof vest. Bulletproof vests are made out of material, Kevlar, and, and uh, it's just layer after layer after layer. So it's not steel, it's a material. And I think that's fascinating. And uh, they oiled their shield daily so it wouldn't become brittle. And then they dipped it in water before battle so it would put flaming arrows out, which I think is fascinating that Paul talked about the flaming arrows of the enemy which would just be different attacks that he would throw at our lives. And obviously they couldn't make this of steel because it would be too heavy to carry in battle. So let's talk about its purpose. Pretty obvious. The shield was used to hide behind when different flaming arrows, javelins, stones, whatever it was, came at them. And the enemy's weapon would hit the shield and not them. And that's what I love about the shield. I don't know about you, but if I can do something to stop pain... I like that particular something I can do. And I'm sure those soldiers felt really cool behind their shield when arrows were hitting that and they're back there feeling good <laughs> with no injuries. And that's what God's given us. Um, our shield can stop certain attacks of the enemy from touching our lives if it's released. We have to keep our shield strong by spending time in God's presence. That would be the oiling of the shield because God's presence it, it, it just keeps it so it's not brittle, so that it's strong. And, and the presence of God is a wonderful thing. You know, when we worship today, that's, that's one of the main ways to go into God's presence. I always encourage men uh, to put on a CD, listen to some worship music, uh, try to do that a couple times a week, put it on in your car. Why? Because that's like oiling what's inside of you. It's oiling the Word of God. Well, then, we have to keep our shield strong by soaking it in, wa in the water of the word. And that's just meditation. And that's the symbolism that they had. It just makes what's in us stronger. So our shield's inside of us and we just simply release it. Let's talk about the sword. Look at their sword. It's pretty cool. And uh, <clears throat> it, it, it was double-edged and razor sharp. And it was light enough to swing with one hand. Their enemies had these monster swords. That, that was the weapon of choice. Huge swords 
They were so heavy, it took two hands, and they were only sharp on one side, so you had to make sure you had the right side, and they would have to go like this. Well, the Romans designed this little sword, and they made it razor sharp on both edges, and they only needed one hand, and they could slice and dice somebody no matter which way they were going, and it was a weapon that was greatly feared, and I think it's cool that God compares our sword to this double-edged weapon that they had. And it was made of steel. The Romans were really good at forging, which I didn't know until um, I, I studied this out. And it hung on the sheath that was on their loin belt, connected to the loin belt, which again, we see the same thing. If you put your belt on, your sword is sitting there waiting to go. Its purpose, the sword was used to fight and kill the enemy face to face. Our sword pushes the enemy out of our lives when he comes into our lives and we release it through our mouths. Guys, I put shields up, and I'll show you how to do that, but if an arrow or an enemy should get through, your shield's no good. Can you, can you all agree that if a Roman soldier had a, an arrow go into him, that if he put his shield up after the arrow was in him, he still has a problem. It still hurts a lot. So at that point, he has to get the arrow out. And when you and I are attacked and we're in the middle of a fight and the fight has come to our front door, at that time, we take our sword out and we start to swing. And we'll talk about the swinging of the sword as we go. And let's just take a moment on the lance of prayer. And you can see what it looked like. I would call it a spear myself. And they had different styles of lances. The most common was six feet long, made of ashwood, still tipped. It, it was an incredible weapon. And, and here's the purpose. The lance was used to launch at the enemy and kill them at a distance. And our lance is prayer, and it's our long-distance weapon. I like to call it a God bomb, and we release it out of our, our mouths. And I think today, if they were creating or talking about this as the Bible were being written, they might call prayer a God bomb because I love prayer. And we're not dealing with this aspect of prayer today, but think about it. We can pray for people in Connecticut and release God all the way from here. That's long distance releasing God. They're God bombs. I have a daughter that's going to college. She lives in L.A. right now. And I think about her often. And, you know, as a father, you worry about your kids. You're concerned about them. But I can release God bombs. And I can release God into her life way over there in L.A. And, and I'm over here. And that's the power of prayer. But today we just want to talk about releasing God into our lives and having God help us. So here's what we want to do next. When you and I put our belt on, there's a substance created, and this substance makes up our sword, makes up our shield, it makes up our prayer life. It's so important. You'll see it as important in every aspect of these weapons. And this substance is called faith. So I want to share a couple of scriptures with you. Romans 10, verse 17 says this. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Now, in context, this is all about people accepting Christ. How does someone accept Christ? You have to share Jesus, the good news with them. But this principle works for every part of the Bible. Do you know that when I read Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth, that faith was created in my heart? And I was laying in bed with faith in my heart. I just didn't know how to release it. And whenever you hear Scripture, you read Scripture, it produces a substance called faith. It's an incredible substance. Listen to how the Bible describes faith. It describes it this way in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the confidence that, we, uh, that, uh, that what we hope for will actually happen. 
it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Now, I only understood the latter part of this, which I, I believed what I read in that book. I had faith and believed it, but I didn't release anything so I couldn't have confidence that I was going to have it in the future. But faith is this incredible thing. It's not with these eyes. It's you and I being able to believe that what God said is true and then being able to pray, build a shield, swing a sword, and be confident that what God declared will happen. So listen to what we're supposed to do with faith. This is pretty cool. 2 Corinthians 4.13. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With the same spirit of faith, we also believe, and therefore we speak. Paul's talking about Old Testament heroes, and he says, you know what? When they believed, they spoke it out of their mouths. And he said, you know what? In our day and age as Christians, the things we believe need to be released, and we can release them as swords, shields, or prayer. Anyway, but faith was meant to come out of your mouth. And listen to me very carefully. If faith is kept in your heart, it only costs causes frustration because you believe but you don't see with these eyes what you believe because you're not releasing and faith is something we must release and let me show you how powerful faith is we can't do this but i want to show you what god did we can do some things on a smaller scale but listen to hebrews 11:3. by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at god's command and what we now see did not come from anything that we can see. Check that scripture out. Battles are won when the Bible in us or faith in us comes out of us. God created the earth, the trees, the water, everything we can see and touch. He created it with something that can't be seen, faith. And he did it through words, his command. He said, light be and light came. He said, stars be and stars came. He said, earth be and the earth was here. Everything he made he did by speaking and releasing faith. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that you and I cannot create universes. Are you glad about Are you glad that the person sitting next to you can't create a universe? It might be funky. It might be crazy. It's good that we're not able to do that, but listen very carefully. We can create swords, shields, and lances. And when you create a shield, it does change your world. If you create a shield and it stops something from hitting you, isn't your life different than if that thing would have hit you and, and you're suffering the pain of it? If you can create a sword and swing it and cause something that's in your life to leave your life, doesn't that create or change the little universe around you? So we can't create a universe like God did, but by faith we can release faith short, swords and shields and lances, and we can impact the very world that we live in. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go through the shield, then I'm going to go through the sword, and then I'm going to go through prayer. Real simple things, and just help you understand. The first thing I think that's important is to help you understand that shields are something that are in the Bible. They're, they're literally biblical. So let's take a look at shields in the Bible. And the first one that I want to look at has to do with God placing a shield around the children of Israel. Uh, and listen to Exodus 23, 25. He said, you must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless your, you with food and water. And listen to this. And I will protect you from illness. Now, if you study your Old Testament, here's something you, you know. We call it the Old Covenant. It's the covenant that God made between him and Moses and the children of Israel. 
We're in the new covenant. It's the covenant God made with man through Jesus. Our covenant's better than theirs, but our covenant has different roles than their covenant. And there have been times when I was really frustrated with this, and I've actually complained to God about it. And uh, I'm always nice because I don't want a stray lightning bolt to, to hit me. But listen, I'd say to God, I think theirs was better because if they just obeyed you and served you, you protected them. You put a shield around them and said, sickness and disease, you can't touch their body. You can't, you can't go near them. And they were protected. I'm like, God, you make me build my own shield. That's work. And I don't want to do it. But one day it dawned on me, I'd rather do that than actually go to battle with a real sword and fight real people. <laughs> See, they had to fight real people. We, we, we turn the other cheek and God fights those battles for us. So not that you can't go in the military, I'm not saying that, but in our personal lives. And I began to realize that our covenant is better, but we have to understand we must release the shield of faith or it's inside of us or we don't even have it because we didn't put our belt on. And then things are going to come into our life that we could have stopped. Now, here's another example. God had a conversation with the devil. And don't you enjoy listening in to conversations like that? God and the devil, that's pretty cool. And they were talking about Job. So I want, I want you to just hear part of the conversation. This is in Job chapter 1, verse 10. And, and the Bible says this, You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. So the devil's saying to God, here's the essence. If you didn't have a hedge of protection around him and if you didn't speak blessing over him, that guy would curse you. He's in it for the blessings. So God looked at the devil and he said, you know what? I know Job and that's not true. Now this is before the new covenant. This is before Moses' covenant. This, this is before those covenants. And so here's what God said. He said, you know what? I'll take the protection down. And so he did. And the devil we know attacked Job and ruined his life. And Job didn't curse God. So then in chapter two, the devil comes back to God and says, you know what? If you took the protection that's around his body, and you let me at his body, this guy, would, he would curse you. So God said, okay, give it a shot. So the protection went down. You know what, if you read Job chapter 2 and 3, you know what happened. He immediately had boils come on him, and there are these ugly open sores, and we see that the devil can, can also probably command viruses and diseases and some things like that, and it's all over his body, and he didn't curse God. But here's what I learned when I read this text. God used shields, force fields, and he put them around people in the old covenant. And in our covenant, he says, take the shield of faith. So it's still a shield, but we release it out of our mouth. Heard a really cool story. Um, Faith Hall, who, she's one of our singers, but she didn't sing this weekend. She told a story of when she was young. She was a young mom, and she had a young infant baby. And she had a day vision, which just kind of shocked her. She wasn't used to it. It kind of scared her. And in the vision, she saw a car coming into her yard and hitting the room where the baby sleeps. And it scared her. And, and, and she's not sure if it's God, or you know how that is, or too much pizza. You're just trying to figure it out. So she's praying and praying and praying and praying. And so then she went into the baby's room that night, and she had the thought of taking the baby out and letting the baby sleep with her. And then she just thought, you know what, God, if this is God, he showed it to me to pray. And she just prayed and said, God, I pray your protection around my child. I just pray your protection. 11 o'clock that night, a car 
ran, ran through a red light, came into her yard, came towards her house, and it hit the porch, and it stopped, and it didn't go near the baby's room. And it was amazing, she said, how it happened. It didn't hit her house at all. And she prayed a shield around her house. And that's awesome. So you know how some of us are really... I'm emotional over what happened in Connecticut with those kids. And I turn the news on. I begin to tear up as soon as I hear the details. And you know what? Monday's coming. Your kids, if you have kids or grandkids, are going to have to go out in public, some of them. And I'm going to encourage you to be a person that prays shields around your family and just release angels and release protection around them. So let's talk about the shield. We're going to use one revelation to do it. So I want to read the revelation we talked about this when we had our gospel shoes on. And it goes like this, Isaiah 53, verse 4. And, and it reads, Surely our diseases Jesus did bear, and our pains he carried. Whereas we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded because of our transgressions. He was crushed because of our iniquities. He, uh, the chastisement of our welfare was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. Listen to 1 Peter 2.24. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. And by his wounds or his stripes, his beating, you are healed. Now, this is what Christ the healer was teaching F.F. Uh, Bosworth in his book. And it's just real simple. Jesus paid for our sins, but he also paid for us to be able to be healed. And you and I have that information. I laid in bed sick with that information, but it's biblical. So now, how can I release it as a sword, prayer, or a shield? And we want to talk about releasing it as all three, and I'll throw some other things in as we progress. But how can I turn that into a shield to protect me? So I came up with two little things. They're examples. You might do it a little different, but just good examples. And, and here's what I do in my life. Here's what I speak making a healing shield, I call it. And you can say something like this, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus and sickness and disease can't live in my body. So what am I doing? I'm, I'm putting up a barrier. I'm taking something that Jesus did and I'm saying, devil, it's going to stop here. It's going to stop here. It's not going to hit me. Or you could say something like this, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus and every organ in my body functions properly. You can do it different ways. And you know what? I don't know how well that's worked. I know I don't hardly ever get sick, but I'm not sure how well it's worked, but here's what I know. If sickness hits me, it's time to drop the shield and pick up the sword. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but hey, if it's in, if, if it's in your face, start, you start swinging your sword or you pray, but you can literally begin to speak protection around yourself. And let me ask you a question. How much better would you feel to take a scripture like that and build a shield and let that come out of your mouth and let your head hear that than worrying and complaining. Isn't that a big difference, man? Just speaking life. When you speak life and you speak what God said, it begins to build that protection around you. Here's a cool story uh, that, that I think you, you guys will enjoy, and some of you may know the story. John G. Lake was a missionary to South Africa and uh, other parts of Africa, but this happened in South Africa. This is the early 1900s, so uh, most none of us probably were born at that time. And... and uh, here he is, and the bubonic plague broke out, and, and it's just ravishing people in South Africa. And people died really quickly with this plague, and they died with this bloody froth on their mouth, 
And the bloody froth had the bacteria for bubonic plague in it, so you didn't want to go near the, the bloody froth. Well, they wanted uh, John G. Lake to leave. The authorities were saying, leave. We don't want you to get this. We don't want you to die. And he just looked at them and said, no, God's going to protect me. And they're like, oh, you know, no, you need to get out of here. So he said to them, he said, these people just died. Take the bloody froth. So they took some bloody froth, put it under the microscope. They looked under the microscope, and all the bacteria were swimming, and they were alive. So then he grabbed it with his hand. Can you imagine? I think that's, myself, I would encourage you not to do that at home. And uh, I'd call that tempting God if you did it. <laughs> but he took it in his hand, and he said, let's look at this. They put it under the microscope, and every bacteria died. And they're just looking at him shocked. And, and it's a shield thing. And here's what he said. I thought it was fascinating. Here's what he said. He said, the spirit of life is on me. Death, disease, this plague included cannot live on my body. And he'd walk around saying that. And here's what, when I first read his book years ago, I'm like, you little booger. That's not even scriptural what you're saying. He's pulling a scripture out of context and it's working. But he had faith. And faith worked. And, and he released it and he built a shield. So again, I'm not encouraging you to do that. And I don't know if I said this already. I get mixed up. I said, did I say this in first Saturday? When did I say it? But I want to make sure I say it maybe a couple times today. I'm not saying don't go to a doctor, guys. I'm not saying don't take treatments. I'm not saying don't have a surgery. I'm not saying any of those things whatsoever. I would say do everything you can with the help of doctors and release your shields and your swords and prayer right with it. I've, I've watched some people I love dearly die because they refuse to go to doctors. And God's not against doctors. And you can have faith and still go to doctors. And guys that are my age, you need to go every year and get a physical. You guys, you, you, need, you need to be aware of those things, use those things. But at the same time, why not build a shield? and protect yourself. Why not swing a sword? Listen to what Jesus said about swords. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. He just cursed the fig tree. It died. It, it was an example for his disciples to look at. And he said in verse 23, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Let me ask you a question. Is faith entwined in the sword? Yeah, you have to believe. It's, it's entwined throughout the whole sword. And, and mountains, they were immovable objects. They were an object that you could not move uh, in and of your own strength. So Jesus is just painting a picture and saying, guys, if you can speak something and believe that what you say will happen, he says, it can come to pass. And I think that's pretty cool. And that's how a sword's released. That's the essence of the sword. So let me take the same Isaiah 53, 1 Peter 2.24, and let me show you how you can release something like that as a sword. And this is a way that I would do it, releasing your sword. I would say, I curse you sickness and command you to die and leave my body in the name of Jesus. Or you might say, I command you to function properly, kidney, to work the way you were created to work in the name of Jesus. Still go on with your life, man. Still, still use the doctor or whatever you're going to do but you're speaking to something and you're telling it what to do because of what you know Jesus did and what Jesus bought you. Remember the gospel shoes? That's our foundation, our belt. You know what Jesus said, so you're just simply declaring what he said. I have a cool sword story. I was, this is years ago now, but I had these two little growths that, that grew right on, on my leg, right on the bottom here, and was my left leg. And I'm like most guys, I hate 
going to the doctor. I believe in him, but you know, we, we, we kind of wait until we have to sometimes. And uh, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go take, take this, and I'm going to show a doctor. But first, I'm going to pray. I'm going to release my sword. So I remember taking my finger and putting it on each little growth. They were like big lumps on my legs. And I just put my finger there, and I said, I curse you and command you to die in the name of Jesus because I'm healed by his stripes. And I just put it, nothing miraculous happened. They didn't disappear. But within a week or so, they were gone. And there's nothing there. There's not been anything there for years. And I thought, you know what? I believe I'm teaching this stuff. I might as well practice it. And I have an injury, guys. Uh, I have a knee injury, football injury from high school. And this is back when they did the long cut, you know, and uh, no orthoscopic anything. And uh, I, so I, my cartilage is terrible. Everything's terrible and, uh, in, in, that, in my right leg. And, and for years now, I just put my hands on it on occasions, and I just say, I speak life into you. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, and I speak life to this injury, and I command this injury to be whole. And I'll tell you what, even carrying extra weight, my knee doesn't give me any trouble, and it's amazing. Uh, but I believe that prayer always works, the sword always works, and even if I don't get 100%, it's making a difference. And that's what, I'm, that's what I want to encourage you to do today. Can we talk about prayer real quick, the lance? Here's, here's Mark eleven twenty four. the next verse. It says, I tell you, uh, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, so notice how you're praying for yourself here, it will be yours. That's pretty cool. And so you have to believe you received it. Can all of us agree belief is faith in action? So is faith involved here? Yeah. It's, how does faith come? By hearing scriptures. So when you have faith in your heart, you can pray and believe and ask God to do something. We talked about wearing the helmet till it comes last week. But let's, let me just show you a simple little release your prayer thing. It's real simple. I would pray something like this. Father, I ask you to heal my sickness and thank you for doing so in the name of Jesus. So I'm just releasing and receiving. You know, James says, if any are sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil. And the prayer prayed in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. So you have a right to pray too, whether it's people praying with you or you praying by yourself. But here's, here's my end game. You ready for my end game, guys? If you're hearing this for the first time, it's a lot. You're like, whoa, this is pretty cool. I think I'll be a superhero or something. I, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of information. Those of you that have been around, some of you may be disillusioned because you didn't see it work at one time or another. Some of you may have given up. Others, you're swinging away. You're praying. Your shield's up. You're doing great. For everybody here, here's my goal. The only reason I teach the Bible, and, and you'll notice it when you listen to me teach, is to give somebody something to do the next day with the scriptures. Like, this is how it works. If, it, if I don't want information that, for information. I want to know how I can work it in my life. And here's my goal for you. That from this day forward, you continue to put your armor on. And when somebody messes with you, an enemy or the storms, you start swinging swords, you put your shield up, you pray, you get God involved, and you don't back down. The Bible says, having done all to stand, stand there for and just fight away. And I want you to become a fighter, not with people. Be a lover with people, but I want you to fight the enemy and come against the enemy and don't let him have an inch of ground in your life. And I could have tons of people stand up right now that have been around and they could tell you story after story of, of swords working, shields working, and prayer working. Can, can we celebrate for a minute and just thank God that he gave us something cool? It's cool, man. 
Now I want to pray for you. Let's look up to heaven. Let's pray. Father, I've done my best to teach uh, an incredible part of the Bible. And I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for the people that it's just been planted. They heard it the first time. Thank you for the guys. I've watered it. They know it as well as I do. And I thank you for everybody in between. Thank you, Lord. Father, take what we've heard in this series and take what we heard today, which is, I mean, going on the offensive. Lord, take it and open up our spiritual eyes. Help us to see it. As we walk through our week, wherever we're not using this, just open up our eyes and let us see us. And Father, I thank you that you created us to win. I thank you that you created us to conquer and to overcome. I thank you that you created us to get up and start over again. And I thank you that no weapon formed against us can prosper. And I pray your blessings upon these people. And Father, open up our eyes to these incredible truths. And if you can agree with that prayer, would you say amen? I want to pray one more prayer. Eyes closed, bow your heads just for a minute more. If you're here and you're not sure of your eternity, I just want to talk to you for a moment. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they go through me. That's the words of Jesus himself. Cool words. True words. And part of what I do as a pastor each weekend, I mean, I'm, I'm intense. I want to create disciples, and I just did that. But I also want to give people that don't know Christ a chance to come to know him. You know, the Bible says if you call on his name, he'll save you. Well, who is he? Man, he, he's the son of God that God sent to die for our sins. And when he hung on that tree, God put the sins of the whole world on, on him. He, he conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered the grave. He raised up out of the grave. He's alive. We're going to celebrate Christmas real soon. And you know what? He was born to die to save us. That's why he came. And you know how faith has to come out of your mouth? You have to pray and accept him as Savior. And I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church, if you were water baptized. I'm not asking you if you repeated prayers in a church traditionally. That's all cool and fine. But can you remember a day in your life where personally, you and God, you looked and you cried out and you said, I received Jesus as my Savior. If you can't, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. Would you pray with me? Everyone else in the building, would you help them pray? Simply say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent of all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe what the Bible declares about you. I receive you as Savior, and I make you Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believer's Church, visit believers.cc.